Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. Episode 61, Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together and talk about teaching. And uh, we're starting a new academic year here in Japan. Uh, begins in, nationwide in April. Um, we're going to take a look at things that we've been uh, doing wrong and maybe try to correct those things this year. Um, and also something uh, of an anniversary. This is... Um, Coming up on three years that we've been doing this. Maybe April. Three years? Three years. We've been doing this for three years. This will be three years we just finished. Not four years. Not four years. Three years. Not five years. Not three years. years. Three years. Three means three. Okay. That's a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. And 60 episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is our 61st. This is 61, right. 61. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I hope they're interesting. <laughs> some, some, some are, and some maybe some are, some. and some aren't, and some are in between. Well, this one should be good. I mean, New Year. I mean, what, what, are, you, what are we going to do different? You guys got some big ideas? Well, that's always every, well. I have big questions, <laughs> big doubts. Um, it's always it starts at the end of the year, doesn't it, for you, Tony? It starts, you know, even before you start grading, closing out the classes, wondering what am I going to do? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? What can I do better? What do I need to change? What do I need to implement? And then that kind of process continues during the break. And then you, f- I find myself <laughs> you know, a week before class going, oh, no, oh, no. What do I really need to do to change? Well, so, yeah, for me, my, my, I think when I put the last set of grades in the mail or hit the send button, I my brain kind of shuts off and it does a major like mind erase <laughs> it all kind of disappears for a while <laughs> how long does it disappear for a couple of weeks i think a couple of two huh, three so weeks kind of like it's and like then white, it starts and you start getting reawoken and saying okay you gotta start thinking about what's coming up ahead and then it starts up but i pretty much i collapse at the end of the grading session I really mm. don't have the energy. Well, I'm doing, you know, when I'm wrapping things up, I, of course, I'm, same as you. It's like, why the hell did I do it that way? What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> but then it all seems to go away for a little while, but then it does come back. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There was always, there's always downtime. Yeah. For sure. But it does start at the end, especially, I think, when you're getting your grades and you're looking at the test results or like final papers, it does portfolios. Overlap, doesn't it? And you look at it and you kind of go, wow, some of, some of my students got it, some of I didn't. Why didn't they get it? Or sometimes it's just they didn't get it. And what what did I not do correctly? Mm. You know, how can I improve yeah, it? Absolutely. So it's yeah. yeah, it's 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 a it's not really a break. I think as I explained to somebody, I said, you know, I'm the difference is I'm mainly working from home. Right, exactly. Someone uh, asked us, like, you know, well, when do you start work? I says, I don't understand the question. I'm working now. Right, I'm working. I'm working now. It's <laughs> I'm working simply, now. You know, I'm, I'm knocking off, you know, eight hours a day. There's no difference. The only difference is I'm not in the classroom. So here we are in that wonderful place with the excitement, anticipation of a new year, <laughs> the belief that this year will be different. Well, this year is going to be different. And, you know, I'm making... Every year is different. This year is going to be different. A couple of episodes back, we talked about raising the bar. Uh, maybe there's just one episode. It seems like a long time ago. Uh, and, um, I think then I, I kind of mentioned that in one, one set of my classes, um, I had maybe erred on the side of optimism and maybe tried to raise the bar a little bit too much, not necessarily in looking, thinking back and again, reflecting, not necessarily in terms of what the students are capable of, but I think maybe what I did was 
two things, maybe misjudge their level of maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of it was that they themselves, maybe these are first year students, um, kind of got caught up in the enthusiasm of the university. And, uh, and again, I give them a lot of autonomy and they, they bit off more than they could chew. And I made the mistake of letting them. Can you make that a little more concrete for me? Um, they ha I give my students lots of choices about what they can do for their grade in terms of what kinds of activities, what kind of product there's going to be, um, how they will be judged, et cetera, et cetera. And this one particular set of classes, I mean, again, we talked about university culture, and I don't know what changed there. Um, they just put a whole lot on their plate. Um, they chose to do an, a, a lot of work. And then about midway through the semester, two-thirds of the way through the semester, the reality of the work kind of set in on them, and uh, they just kind of stopped. And um, yeah, you know, like a donkey in the road, right? Because I, I just and I just couldn't get them going again, and I think they were just kind of overwhelmed by the amount of work. I mean, they didn't understand what they were asking for in terms of having to do book reports and papers, and reading journals, and 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 they just had too much. So I'm going to uh, kind of limit the choices, or at least maybe at least monitor uh and trim back on when if that happens again this year and maybe making some of those decisions for them maybe not giving them as much freedom hmm. uh, and because you know we talked about when raising the bar right one of the one of the important things was um a realistic assessment at the very beginning of what the students are capable of and um yeah we they and i both made some mistakes <laughs> last hmm. year so we're going to try that. It's interesting because one of the things I'm big changes I'm going to do, and I mentioned this before in the podcast when I talk about raising the bar, is to I'm going to vocabulary test all my students. I'm going to give them questions, do like a questionnaire survey on how interested they are in English, how committed they are. I'm going to get a writing sample from them. I'm going to find out about their previous experiences. In other words, I'm going to gather a lot more information at the beginning than I usually do so that I can, you know, do the, the course corrections because I, that'll mean a very busy w first week for me though, of course. Yeah. They're always, and, yeah, those are always, yeah, for me too. Those first two mm, weeks are hell. Right. But this time what I'm really going to do is use that first class to really get a sense of where those students are, because as you said, sometimes you overshoot or you un overestimate or underestimate the students' abilities, and I don't want to do that this year. I really want to have a, bit, a clearer picture of where the students are at and what they want and what their level is so that I can really tune the class to their needs. Mm -hmm. So kind of a little bit similar to what you're mm -hmm. doing, but I understand, I think, of trying to really find out where to put the bar. Right. All right, Good. where to place the bar. So you're going to do that. So less autonomy for your students. A little maybe. bit less, yeah. Well, That's yeah. unusual for you because you've uh, you've really developed that into a fine art. I well, think. I think of it as a, as a correction, right? You know, as you push it, push it, push it, and it's like, well, you know, maybe I pushed it a little bit too far that one time. And uh, you know, it's interesting because I've had I've had the experience in the past where I give a student a lot of choices and they've, they've gone the opposite way, like they choose only one project, and mm. <laughs> and I says, you know, I warn them. 
And he says, you know, you're putting a lot of eggs in this one basket. You're going to be, you may be a little bit disappointed at the end of the semester because you know, human nature being what it is, right? Um, uh, and yeah, so a lot of them didn't get the grades that they thought they were going to get. So yeah, it's all, it's a process, right? We always, you know, go veer one way or the other, kind of looking for that golden mean. And uh, yes, just get, get, get a little, you know, just try and get a little closer. That's all. That's really true. So you're going to change a little bit towards autonomy so that you can help the students maybe get achieve a better sense of uh, how much they can accomplish, how much they can achieve. Yeah, in let's the year. let's say that I'm gonna I'm gonna help them with their decisions a little bit. Hmm. Are you going to give them examples or examples of the kinds of work that's been done and how much time? people have spent so that they get an idea of yes yes i do that all the time yeah i do that mm. so you'll say They've okay if that. you try to do this kind of project you can expect to spend an hour and a half per week over the the length of the semester to create a presentation or something along Correct. those lines yeah, right Probably, of course okay. how much of that sticks who knows but yes i do yes well that's <laughs> the question is how much of it's making it stick isn't that the name of the book yeah okay so that's one thing you're going to do, and we were talking before also that you're going to do some things, you're going to use a little bit newer technologies or technologies you haven't used before, one that I've used. Yeah. But you tried and then didn't think it was ready for prime time, and now you're ready to kind of deploy it. I love that word, to deploy. <laughs> What's it? Deploy. I mean, what not it use? <laughs> I'm going to use it in the class. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got, um, in, in general, in addition to that, that, that first big change, I guess the, the big thing that, um, I'm trying to do this year is in general, just kind of streamline things, uh, right. try to cut down on the actual amount of time and work that I do that is, you know, not necessarily translating into better learning for the kids. Um, right. cause I got, I got, I have an increased class load, believe it or not. Um, so I need to I need to make up that time somewhere, and one of the ways that I'm going to try to do that is use this um, online web tool, uh, which again you introduced me to. I don't know the pronunciation. Socrative, Socrative. I don't know. I would probably call it Socrative. Socrative. Soc I never thought of it. So <laughs> Socrates. So it's Socrative though, isn't it? Socrates. Socrative. It's I don't know. Yeah, Socrative. Oh. Soc Socrative. Okay. I don't know. It's spelled S O C R A T I V E with a capital and named, S. Named sorry. after Socrates. One would hope. So Socrates, <laughs> Socrative, but the Socratic method, right? Well, but it's Socratic method, yeah. okay. so it's Socrative, Socrative right? Okay. So <clears throat> anyway, so whatever it's called, I'm going to use it, Socrative, and uh, tried it a little bit a few years ago, and and a little bit last year for student voting on on posters and things like that. Um, but going to use it more methodically, regularly this year, uh, just translating some of the things I used to do uh, on paper uh, to this little online thing. It's a handy little tool. Uh, it's um, you can either do it um, like uh, off the cuff with very like very simple one or two questions, and they give their answers using their their cell phones after logged in, logging into the site, or you can make the tests in advance. And uh, then give them the 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 test in class, and then they put their you know the answers on their cell phones, and boom, you get the answers, you get them graded, which is going to be a wonderful, a wonderful mm. thing. 
um, yep. I hope, once it gets going. Right. Yeah, so for those people who don't know about Socrative, basically it's a um, cloud-based or online service that allows you to ask questions and get... It's a student response system, is essentially what it is. It works across different platforms, whether students have an Android phone, an iOS phone, um, Windows, Linux, or... Or a PC, or, a, or an PC, iPad. PC, anything. Tablet. It just yeah. works, as long as they've got an internet connection, some kind of internet connection. And um, it lets you, as Tony said, you can have a pre-made quiz that you can then just start and students can answer the questions and you can design it so that they get feedback immediately or no feedback. Um, it'll shuffle the answers. Or you can just ask a question that's unplanned and students post their answers and you get to see it. And you can, if you use a projector, you can then let the students see what's being said or what's be, how, what kind of responses are being made. So it's a very, very nice tool. I've liked it, but it was kind of a little bit glitchy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I hope that's been straightened out a little bit. I think it's it's a, it's much more stable. And for people who haven't used it, one of the really nice things about Socrative is that for a student to get in or be able to use the service, they just have to enter like a four-digit code, I think, isn't it? Four well, you, or five-digit code. It's whatever code. you want it to be, yeah. It's the name of right, your you classroom. Can, it, Right, it's called the, it's your classroom name, and you can just give it like four numbers, and they just have to enter those numbers, and they're in, and that's what's really very nice. smooth, very slick. And I don't think it requires any student login at all. No, you go to the web page, you hit the the thing student login, then it just asks for that whatever your name of your classroom is, and that's it. So they and they I don't think, need to create an account, they don't have to remember a password. Um, boom, it's just and very it's very great easy. For, and it's really good for student privacy. Yeah, and you 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 do it. I think two things that are very interesting with it. You do one with with, with this. You were talking about the spontaneous, middle of the class. Do you understand kind of thing? Right. Yes. I'll just in the middle of you know during during you know a couple times during class because I, I you know as we've talked about before, students really will not tell you whether they're understanding or not. They won't raise their hands, and I just will ask students. You know, on a say on a scale of zero to five, zero being you don't understand anything, five is a hundred percent. How much do you understand? And then you put it up. It's a not. You can, by the way, you can set the responses for being anonymous, so there's no names, which is really great. Yeah. And so then I get to and students get to see how many of them are understanding, who's not understanding, and it turns into this nice feedback tool for, hey, I'm getting feedback as to how you're doing, but you're also not informing me, and I can't run this all the time. So that's really good. So. And you did, that's useful. And there's the, the, these, the exit ticket too, right? Whatever that is. Right. Yeah. Well, that, they talk about that, I think, on their website. That's one of their big things. And exit ticket is, um, again, for anyone who doesn't know what an exit ticket is, it's basically a question a teacher uses or a set of questions a teacher asks the students. And usually it's done on a piece of paper where they write down, like, what's the major thing you learned today? Or what kind of questions did you have? Or what didn't you understand? So it's a way for a teacher to obtain feedback on what happened in the classroom. And it's just a very, very nice, quick thing to do. And again, the major advantage is that it's the data's already there. It doesn't require me to do any sifting through things. Um, when you can set Socrative so that the results come out in a spreadsheet, it's really, it's a very nice thing. And we'll have a link on the website for that. Yeah. But it's a really very nice piece. But yeah, for the exit tickets, it's nice to have that information. And talking about what I'm going to do new this year um, and do differently is that I'm going to have like four questions quick you know 
was it, you know, one to six, one to five scale, um, you know, was the, the material interesting? Was the teacher's explanation clear? And I'm just going to have a running, basically teacher evaluation for every class that I'm going to be able to look at at the end of the year to see how I did. It'd be very useful for that to see you know, how the students react to the different things that you did. So, for example, if you're consciously doing something different that day, like, for example, using music or um, giving them more freedom or less freedom or something else to see how that's reflected in, in their opinions. I think really useful. Like with, with all tools, it's got a little bit of a learning curve. But I think the but, but not too bad. No, no, not, not too, too bad, bad at all. And this one's not too and bad I think compared payback, to some others. The payback is very real. I think in, in long term, it whatever time you put into actually learning and getting familiar with it, it's going to pay back in terms of time saved later on down the road. Mm. So again, like for me, that, that's the situation I'm in. I've got uh, one of my days. I had four, cla uh, three classes. Now I've got four, um, and I used I used it that time. I used every one of those ninety minutes. Um, doing, um, you know, grading papers, get pr preparation, and so forth. Now, step back, bigger picture. Okay, that's ninety minutes gone. Plus, it's another class to prepare for. Time is a finite commodity. That that time is gonna. I have to get that time somewhere. I either got to stay up later. I got to get up earlier. I got. I've got to cut out something else in order to do what I was going to do in that ninety minutes. That's you have to do that. Um, hopefully, that using the Socrative will uh, help me whittle away at some of those 90 minutes. I used to do it on paper. And some of those 90 minutes, I would, you know, short pieces. It was very, you know, three short, qu three questions, three short answers, boom, boom, boom. But it would still take, you know, for two classes, it would still take a half an hour. I don't have that half an hour anymore. Um, hopefully, Socrative will give me that half an hour back. Yeah, I think it'll give you more than half an hour back. Well, for that particular, that school, that particular set of classes. Right. I'm actually thinking if you if you've gained one class, one 90 minute class, and you've lost that prep period, you're out three hours. Right. You've got to, you've got to get three hours right. back. Right. And it's got to come from somewhere. That's a big hit. That's, That's a big yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, pr and you know, I used to not like, by the way, Tony, I used to hate those one, two, four splits or, you know, the one, three, four split, mm -hmm. but I actually found them to be great. Yes. Yeah. So once you, once you, get you, but a, you need the discipline, a lot of well, work to, you know, yeah, the discipline to use that time wisely. But you know what? Sometimes using that time wisely is a, a nap in the sun. Sometimes yes. it's the best thing you can do with that ninety minutes, and it's true. And you just you know you, when you deserve it, take it. Using time wisely—that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to be using Socrative. That's good. Any other tech things you're going to do differently this year? Because uh, we do like tech, tech when it saves our time. Hmm. I don't know. I guess it's tech in a way, and it's probably inspired by the, the exit ticket thing at the beginning of the year. Again, where we are, um, and I and I put this out to a little mailing list that I do for 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 teachers mostly in in, in the Kansai area. Uh, really, I'm not on yes, that you mailing are. list. I never you get don't read your my mail. Stuff. That's all it is. You're on. The, I'm sure you're on no. the list. Because you better go check. When's the, okay? When's the, the last, last time you was, sent was out this? Your... This was about three or four days ago. And uh, I, I gave a, a link to a form that I'm using. It's something that I made in um, uh, Google, what used to be called Google Docs. Now it's called Google Drive. This is a spreadsheet, which is Google Forms. Um, and um, a lot of us uh, are teaching at schools that are, for one reason or another, unable to get 
uh, the class lists, you know, a list of students' names to the teachers by the first class or the second class or the third class, or in some cases, the fourth class. This is a hindrance. Um, what I did, uh, and not, of course, not all my schools, like some of them have, I have them in advance before you can get to the school. I can go online and, and download the class list. Sometimes they're on paper waiting in my mailbox, but some of them can't get it together and I don't have it until right. mid-May. Um, created a, a Google Doc a, a form where the students just put in their name, their, their name, their student number, their major if appropriate, um, the school day, class, uh, and they gonna they're gonna that's gonna be their exit task. So at the end of the first you know first day, first class meeting, last ten minutes, boom, fill this out. And uh, just as uh, you uh, are using the exit tickets, uh, a couple of tag and questions at the very end, asking about oh, okay, how much of this class did you understand? Does this class seem like it's gonna be easier or more difficult than you expected it to be? Just to get some feedback, just a little bit of engagement, right? So. Rather than present with another ten or fifteen minutes of bleh, bleh, the teacher talk, which is at this point, you know, they're they're hard, they're having a hard time keeping their eyes open. They've gone through a whole, you know, week of first year classes explanations from teachers and things. It's like it's mind numbing. Um, this little bit different one level of engagement too, a little bit of training and getting used to using. Uh, their phones or their their other devices for input and feedback to the teacher. So, um, and also, you know, it'll be nice to have the list. It comes in, again, it comes as a spreadsheet. You've got the names, you got the social security numbers, you've got a, you've got a class list at the end of class. You don't have to type in anything. So a lot of schools give you it to you on paper. If you're using a spreadsheet, it was what you always tell teachers to do. I don't know how you function without that. If you don't, if the school doesn't give it to you in digital form, you end up typing all those names yourself. Um, again, this I anticipate saving me all kinds of time uh just being able to cut and paste from the one spreadsheet to the specialized ones that i use for for each class and plus you get that feedback from okay at the end of the class you look and say okay 25 of the 30 kids they didn't understand anything you told them this is useful information (laughs) it's it's valuable (laughs) yeah socrative will do that also you could set it up so it's a kind of a question of you know, how do you want to train mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. but one of the things i was thinking of tony is i know that when i tell my students take out your cell phones put your cell phones on the desk you're going to use the cell phones students are just shocked mm. because they're all being told to keep them in their bags keep them away and i'm thinking to myself this is this great tool why aren't they using well, that's it? gonna be one of the things so, that we're going to be railing about in a couple of weeks right and we can add that to the list about um kind of wrong-headed thinking about teaching and tech and teacher-student interaction, right? It's like... Well, gee, what a novel right. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Using, you know, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got a communicator in their pocket. <laughs> it's like, why don't we do something with this? <laughs> right, right. They have they have access to Wikipedia. If there was only they some have way. access to Google. If there's only some way we <laughs> communicate with our students. Anyway, those, anyway, that's another topic for another and if day. There was, if there were only some way that they could send us information anonymously during class that, you know, oh, how they're doing or, yeah. you know, questions oh, man, that I mean, they have, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk. We're getting ahead mm, of ourselves Okay, let's there. go back. So anything well, else? Well, but, okay, what else are you doing? Well, one kind of, it's related to tech, and it's um, a little bit different, is um, I think I'm giving up 
I think I've talked with you a lot about the frustration about the email mm. situation with mm. my students that I tr tried to teach them how to write emails and that they send all their homework to me digitally. All their assignments come into me as attachments to email and they send me a message and they name their files in a certain way. And that even after 10 weeks in a 15 week semester, my the what the compliance rate, I guess I would call it, you know, the rate of accurate, well, properly written emails was still at maximum of 60% for each mm. class. I mean, just a significant number of students were just not getting right. And, you know, I spent a lot of time renaming files. And I think I was losing you know, with 200 plus students, 220. I don't know exactly how many. When you think about trying to give feedback on emails and then fixing students' file names. I've just basically given up. But I found out an interesting thing, that there's a cloud service called Box, very similar to Dropbox. And they give you, I think, 20 gigs or so free, um, kind of mm -hmm. similar, again, mm -hmm. like Dropbox. Mm -hmm. But what is really nice about it is that for any folder you have in the cloud and Dropbox, Box like Dropbox has its own desktop. Um, it has its app that works on iOS or Android or Mac or Windows. That for any given folder, you can create an email address. It'll give you an email address. And if anyone sends an email to that address, Box will automatically just pull off an attachment and put it into that folder. And I don't have to worry about reading any emails. I don't have to worry about going into my mailbox and selecting the emails that have been filtered and then, you know, ha moving all the attachments over into a certain folder and choosing the folder. So that's going to be a big time saver for me. I'm looking forward to using that. And all I have to do right now then is make sure that the students can copy the email address from my website and that they name their file properly. So that's going to be a major time saver for me. Yeah, I, I was, you, you told me about that, I guess it's about probably about a month ago, about three, three weeks or a month ago, and I looked at it, it was really appealing. Um, and what the reason I'm not doing it um, is that I think the, as it sits right now, I think that the student training is a little bit too much. I didn't want to spend that much time, and, and again, this is, this is a really, it's just a real struggle. The best way to do it, how much you do, how much time you spend on uh, training the students to submit things and how to submit them. Specifically with the uh, the with box, it was the it was the email addresses, and they just seemed like okay, I see all kinds, and I, I get because you can't make custom email addresses. They're right. like these, these random straight strings of random letters and numbers. And the, the possibility for error there is so high. Um, I'm not sure that the, I think that the error rate right now would be so high that for me, that wasn't going to work. But it's going to be just copy paste. I don't even need, we, all they have to do. We think of it as copy paste. I know, right? I know, I know. It's only, but, uh, it's just in, copy paste. How easy could it be? I'll get back to you <laughs> on this. I'll get back to you. But the other thing is that if you do spring for a little bit of money with Box for their, um, pro course or their pro service, they actually will give you, um, there's a little widget or you can actually put a folder a, and it's drag and drop for files on your but website. But that doesn't help the student who does everything on their phone. 
Yeah, well, I don't think. Yes, there are. Yes, yes. Many, many of my students use only. They write their papers. I have students writing assignments on their phone. Hmm. I probably do too. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I should. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And uh, man, man, this is maybe one of the things we can talk about later on in the year. Um, Compare the way that you've, you know, toward the end of the semester, right? Look at what you've done with the digital submission of student work. How do you handle it? What do you do? What are the what are the positives? What are the drawbacks? And what do I do? And contrast those two and see how they work. That's why you see how optimistic I am at the beginning of this. Well, semester. we all you have to be. Yeah, you, ha- you have to. You have to. You have to look at this next month with optimism, buddy. Because if you start off on the bad with a bad attitude, you're sunk. <laughs> you're sunk. <laughs> you're already oh, sunk. Oh man, yes. yeah. Because oh, not even at a dry dock. It's, yeah, it, yeah. You got to start off. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got to start off. But positive. it does. It does ask the interesting question about tech, and that's what you have to do: is you have to sit back and say, "What is actually going to save right. my time? What do I know from right. experience?" Because I just don't have the time anymore to go over and correct students' emails. And the major reason for that is I'm the only person who I know insists on emails being written properly and politely. You know, I don't know any other person at my school who requires students to start off an email. For example, dear professor so-and-so, my name is, my student number is, and I'm a student in your, you know, blank class attached is my homework or my assignment for and the date. No, interesting. I I make a big distinction. I have two different email addresses for them. Mm-hmm. I have one email address which is just for submission of work, and mm-hmm. I require nothing. I really I've got properly formatted subject line, right? Name your class, right? You know, Kawasaki Rio Thursday two. Um, but in the uh, in the body of the message, I require nothing other than the assignment for that email address because mm-hmm. they're just submitting work. If they're going to communicate with me, then yeah, then they then they need to do things properly. So I make a distinction between those two things. Hmm. Yeah, I just I gave them a template. It's on my website. You know, just copy and paste this, right? Yeah, how simple could it be? You just got to and, and again, again, you're right because and, and I'm that's ta- why you end up with beating your head against all this frustration because what seems like to us couldn't be any easier. Uh, you know, they they got 15 teachers too, right? And everybody's and doing they, it everybody's differently. Everybody's different, and they got to you know, and it's they can't even remember your name, let alone okay, yeah, for this guy, this is the way I do it, and for this one, I do the way I do yeah. it. And yeah. So you 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 know, yeah, you're right. It's not difficult. They should be able to do it. Yet at the same time, as a designer of systems, it's um, our job to design the system to minimize error. Yes. And that's not an easy task. Right. Which brings us to the problem of the the big change too which is i'm going to require them to send me an email message in class on the first day just Hmm. to make sure they're in the habit and they understand how to like do the subject line Hmm. and then i'm going to put them up and then you know just give them immediate feedback and um explain to them that you know every uh, if you if you send me a correct email you get five points if there's a mistake or problem in your email you get zero points um you know, or if you name your file incorrectly, then you don't get credit. I'm struggling with that right now because as I was talking with, um, you know, DJ Condon, who's a headmaster over at Canadian Academy in Kobe, made a really good point where he said, um, you know, procedure should never trump process. But I'm really struggling with the fact that if the students don't follow my procedure, then 
that adds an incredible amount of extra work to me. And I think I averaged, what did I say? I think I figured out about anywhere from three to five hours per week last semester was spent fixing file names or getting the correct assignment from students because they had submitted incorrectly or not, you know, formatted the email properly. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. But I'll get back to you on whether or not my box system works. I like that trial email message thing. I'm, I'm talking about what we're going to do differently. I think I'm going to do that too. Um, with the the systems that I use, I, you know, obviously you stick with the way I do things, but um, using that in class, a trial email thing so that they understand um, what they're supposed to, separating that from the actual first submission and see if it works or doesn't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I can have them send me and, you know, point out, okay, your subject line's not correct. You're not being careful enough. You're not following directions carefully enough. Right. Man, well, this will be, I think it'll be interesting. We talk about this later on in the semester or in the fall or something. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes and talk a little bit more about the details of what we do and stuff. So on, that's fun. Okay, so right, that's the textbook thing. Okay. And um, I think you mentioned some, moving on, that you mentioned you're doing some differences with writing this yes, year. Yes, I've, I've got a set of reading-writing classes combined, which is a re, it's, a, it's really tough, right? It's really hard to, and the only kids have the kids for one semester, so teaching them reading and writing in one semester. Okay, you're down to like 11 weeks, right? Because you've got an intro and you've got like a final exam and a midterm exam. Um, you're down to basically 11 weeks of instruction. You teach them something about reading and writing. Um, and this is the, this is the group that, um, bit off more than they could chew. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, um, just moving to a very streamlined and less teacher intensive, um, approach. Um, they're going to get reading homework each week at the beginning of each class. There will be a very short content quiz uh, using Socrative. Uh, we'll go through the reading a little more depth in terms of vocabulary, usage, questions, what they might have. Um, look with a big emphasis on organization of the, of the, because they're short essays, a short story, you know, um, newspaper type articles, magazine type articles or essays. So looking at the structure because they're going to have to write two. Um, then do a timed reading, which I do all the time with my reading classes to get their reading speed up. Um, and then uh, what something I did long ago and for reasons that I can no longer remember got away from um, with their writing to have them do it in class uh, and have them, you know, in notebooks and then exchange notebooks and have their peers um, review, edit, comment on you know, emphasis on comment on really, you know, what you, what's your impression and just get them into that habit of writing. So whether it's free writing where they can talk about anything they want or whether in some weeks we'll have uh, an assigned theme or topic, uh, I'll, I'll mix that up. And of course, I'm not going to do this every, every week. I've got a bunch of other change of pace activities for them to do, but that's going to kind of be the basic class. Um, and then, you know, the, those reading journals or those reading notebooks, they'll just be based on how much they wrote. And uh, I anticipate that saving me some time. Using Socrative to do the, the weekly reading check and uh, having the peer-reviewed writing in class, uh, I anticipate that making my day at that university a lot easier. Mm. 
Mm. I like the and idea. and and the students are maybe getting more out of it. Right, they're reading outside of class for comprehension. They're getting a chance to ask the questions. They're getting the timed reading, which I think is really important. Um, and they're writing every week. I, I think for you know eleven weeks with these kids, I think that's maybe as good as you can get it. I don't know. The Try more time it. they spend doing things, the better. Right. They'll Rather be, they'll than be busy all the time. Us. Rather than listening to time. us. Yeah. They're learning. And the idea of you know, write, doing some free writing or doing a writing assignment and then having the, you know, giving it to some another student in peer editing, you know, something I do extensively. Um, in my writing classes at my main university, I have um, like a second year and third year writing class. And they just write and they bring, whether it's in class or homework, and they spend a lot of time peer editing. And I think it's invaluable for them because yep. they have to learn how to read and they have to give comments and learning how to correct. And it's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah, I don't know why I got away from that. I, I did it with and, met, and met with some success, you know, I'm talking about 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't know why I'm going to. That's an interesting question. Go punish myself. It? Yeah. That's a really interesting question is if we could go back and really think, really review what we've done and how many good techniques have we dropped? I think, I, I think, I, I think I know why I did this now because for a number of years after I was using this in, in a writing class where the goals were a little bit more open-ended I, I didn't teach at that school anymore. I went somewhere else. And uh, the only school where I was teaching writing at the time um, was a class for third year students specifically to teach them how to write their senior thesis. Mm -hmm. And that was not a plus alpha step. <laughs> and so it was, and again, the, the goals of the course were very specific. They were, it was formal academic writing mm -hmm. and we just didn't have the time. We had to do enough other things like research methodology, citations, um, essay structure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't have the luxury of doing uh, more general writing. Mm. Uh, so it was really kind of a boot camp. And I think that was kind of got me out of that habit. But now I realize that I have the freedom to do the, the writing the other way, and I'm going to. Mm. I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Because mm. I think the peer editing is invaluable for them. Yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it. I think they actually learn how to write more from editing than they do from the writing. But I should learn figure out a way to quantify that. Mm. Okay, so that's how you're going to do your writing a little bit differently. And um, did you also talk a little bit that there's some, you have one class or a couple classes where they're imposing the tech, I'm sorry, not imposing, <laughs> mandating or suggesting the textbook that you use? Oh, there's a number of schools that have, you know, textbooks that I have to use. Um, I have a new one this year, which is not bad. Um, and at this particular school, that's actually been a move a little bit away from a rigid structure. Uh, so the goals of this particular class, it's only one out of four. Um, it seems like it wants to be, and again, the goals are, you know, we talked about like trying to get you know, the statement of goals from the, from the school. Um, kind of general communication but with strong leanings toward presentations and speech skills and uh 
the 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 school has again lightened up a little bit with the structure so i'm able to do exactly that and uh uh each semester <clears throat> we'll have like i think it's four pieces one piece will be the required in the first semester poster presentation second semester speech formal speech mm -hmm. uh and then the other three units or sections of the class will be three different times and we got a very nice very decent slimmed down uh, textbook that doesn't have a lot in there so do one class on vocabulary usage and general ideas uh, a second class uh, geared toward formulating an opinion making an outline for some kind of presentation the third class actually presenting Again, your idea—not your idea, but the, what what you do and, and the the where I kind of gave me the stimulus to do it with presentations to small groups, and then having a discussion after they've done that. So, doing that three times plus the required project, if you want to call it that, uh, has me feeling pretty good about that class because mm, now there's a focus. Now there's a little bit more clearly defined goal, and now I know where I need to go. Mm. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's going to be very different from it was before, where we had these two things, the poster presentations and the speeches, one each semester, and then we had this impossible-to-finish textbook stuffed in between, which was much more too difficult for the students that I had. So mm. I'm happy about that change. Mm. That sounds like a good one. Mm. Yes, it's always helpful to have goals. And it's nice to have the free hand to be able to build something that's going to get me there the way that I teach, the way that I think these students can learn. So I'm happy about that. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? And so rarely is. Right? I think <laughs> we both agree on that one, right? Just give me the goals. Give me the outcomes you expect, yeah. and then let me get them there. There you go. Right? Mm. You know, there are going to be subsets of goals that have to be accomplished during the semester, but do not, do not micromanage me, please. Yeah. So I with just... with so with these guys, yeah, their presentations and over there, yeah, yeah, I'll call them oral presentations. They're again going to be small groups, and the, the small groups are going to do their 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 evaluation of each other, uh, and then branch that out into further discussion about the ideas that come out there, and um, using that. Um, Again, in the other class that I tried for the first time this last year, I'm going to continue with that, where they're making presentations to small groups rather than to the class as a whole or even mm. half a class. So that that worked out very well, and I'm going to continue to do that. Right, and you're also going to continue to use. You're going to start the peer evaluations where they evaluate each other. That's what I did last year. That's what I'm going to do this year. How did that work out for you? Good, right? It worked well. It worked. Did you very find well. that they were rating each other pretty high? Um. I really, yeah, yes, of course, but um, they, they were forced also to rank each other. So there are groups of four or five. The group had to decide who was going to be number one, who was going to be number two, and who were the rest. And in mm. groups where I noticed that they had like two stars, <laughs> two very able students, I was like, to the group, okay, you guys can have two number ones. Hmm. Um, and so they made a series of those. So, you know, and they had different groups each time. So hopefully it all averaged out. But it was, again, these kids have, those kids had so many different tasks, so many other things going into the grade. One, just one of the, one particular thing did not impact their grade a whole lot. But I think um, 
looking at the way that, you know, from what I observed and the way that the, the students graded each other, I can't say there were no surprises, but it seemed pretty reasonable given what my expectations were. So, man, man, again, maybe my expectations are wrong. So, again, their, their point was they're making a presentation. They have to gear, you have to gear your presentation towards your audience, and your audience are your classmates. So it's your job to entertain them, <laughs> to make it useful, interesting for them. They're the ones that are going to be giving your grade, and then they knew that, and so, and they're and they're capable enough to be able to to do that. So, yeah, it, it worked well. Yeah, I'm just my concern this year because I do this all the time. I've done this for a number of years. Is the problem that I don't know how well they're grading each other. So I like your ranking idea, so that if they've ranked someone as number one let's say there's four people in the group i'm going to have them rank let's say one two three four i realize and then we can compare the points and if there's difference between if they've given like you know person number one 88 points and person number four 87 points you have to say maybe there's something not right here hmm. because that's my biggest concern i've realized over the last couple of years with having students evaluate each other the peer evaluation is i don't know how accurate they are so i have to provide them with some good models yeah for example say hey this is like a you know a 95 a speech that earns a 95 given the rubric we're using this is a speech that you know a presentation that gets a 50 and maybe you know i have to spend some time helping them learn how to evaluate each other but my concern there is that it's more class time lost but you know i don't see a way around that right right so right. yeah <clears throat> yes yeah, that's the other thing that I'm trying to really change this year, Tony, is that I spent too, over the years, you know, I've just spent too much time training my students to be in my classes. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've talked about this, and then you lose them after a semester, and then you spend something like up to two classes training the students to into my system. I got to figure out a faster way to do that. That's why I think I'm hoping my box system will work and the Google Forms will work and Socrative will work, that it'll let me get things moving a lot more quickly. Well, hopefully, um, with students using, uh, of course, using their phones more and more and more, um, I think that they are, the training might, the training that you're talking about might go a little more quickly, a little more smoothly little bit more fertile ground to mm. if they, they may not know how to do things already but at least kind of ready for that yeah what's well, one of the major reasons i went from moodle to just a website uh, it was just taking me too long every to... time i've looked at moodle it's like ah, oh, no 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 this is this is for somebody with the luxury of time right. i can't i can't do this i right. can't do this yes well it's it's any lms right any learning management system mm. because i have the students once a week for 90 minutes if all the other professors were using the learning management system and I wouldn't, and they had, they were trained and they were all uniform, right. And everything was uniform. Then I would go ahead and I would use it, but I'm just, I don't have the time for that. Yeah. Who does? You know? Well, some people seem to have the time. Okay. I tried, I tried and it just was, it was, it was a black hole in terms well, it's like of time. You've got, you guys said you had what, 250 students? Uh, so any can anywhere move between 200 to 250. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm like close to 600. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so I have it easy compared to you. Yeah, and, and, and you know, training time for that, I, I just don't have it. Right. <laughs> I don't, don't have that. Yeah. Have that well, actually, what I should probably do, I'm just realizing now, um, is I should figure out how to make barcodes for the email address. Mm. You can do that, can't you? 
Mm, yes, I think you can. You can generate a barcode in the studio. Or those just... uh, barcodes or whatever those are, the VR codes or whatever. The, 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 the square box the ones. The square boxes, yeah. Right, or QCR or whatever they're called. I yeah, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe what's what I should do is I should just make one of those and put it on the website, and then the student just has to take a picture of that, right? Mm. And the barcode reader, I have to, maybe I should look into that. Mm. Because you're right, though. You have to, Murphy is ever present. Yeah. And I'm always shocked. I'm always amazed. And I'm always impressed by how students, <laughs> how, how creative they can be to do ways, things the wrong way. How creative way. they can be to find some, to, you know, what I'm convinced has only one way. Right? There's, okay, there's absolutely no way you can make a mistake on this. And that some people just have this gift. Mm. And, I, and mm. the, that was the biggest drain on my time was that those kind of errors and that's what i'm just really trying to free up because i don't want to spend time when i could be spending it on meaningful things you know making better lessons or working with students <clears throat> so yeah a lot of tweaking as always right yeah. a lot of tweaking so anything else i i think i've shot my wad in terms of what i'm doing new this year anything else on your end i think you know that's pretty much it i'm thinking i mean there was a bunch of other things I don't know if it's worth mentioning. Um, the the one thing though that um, I, I started last year and that I'm continuing this year I should mention is um, I have um, a if you have access to a document scanner um, and I have an iPad and I have a document scanner and I also have access to a book cutter you know the the machine in one of the offices that cuts off the back of a book uh -huh. so you can take the pages okay, out. Okay. I've scanned all my textbooks into my iPad. Huh. So I don't have to take textbooks. Oh, you're talking about anymore. a scanner with a document feeder. Right, the document oh, okay. feeder, like right. a Fuji ScanSnap, yeah, which yeah, is an yeah, unbelievable yeah. piece of equipment. Or Most schools have a document, a scanner with a document feeder. You can't do the one where you put one page, one page, and you'll die. But right. if you have access to one of those and you have access to a book cutter, and you have an iPad, or even if you have your PC, I don't take the textbooks with me anymore, and that lets me put the textbooks directly with the projector. Mm. And it's just mm. great, and it also solves one of the really terrible problems of, I forgot my textbook. Sure. <laughs> but that's something I'm continuing this year. All sure. my textbooks that get scanned nice. into my iPad. That sounds Yes, nice. it really makes a difference. Um, my my goal though, my big goal th this year, Tony, is taking better notes mm. on my classes. Mm. Taking mm. better notes of what I did, and um, I got to be more disciplined about that. But you know, sometimes like on Tuesdays, I have four classes. It's yeah, really what, hard. Yeah, it's really really it's hard. Because yeah, class ends. There's two kids there with questions, and then you, class begins. You've got to hit the can, and then just you got to set up something for the next class. It's like. You don't have those minutes there. And that's if that's if you're staying in the same classroom. That's right. That's right. I don't think I stay in the same classroom most of the time. I often do, but that's only because I each year I go to the office and beg and cry and almost throw a tantrum to get me into the right <laughs> same classroom, please. Anywhere on campus, please. Two rooms together, please. Okay. <clears throat> yes there's so, a there's a, there's big a time good saver. <laughs> there's a big time savers make sure yes right always ask there's no penalty for that's asking. right that's right they're not gonna always go in and say excuse me can you get me put me into the same room or can you move me into a room that's closer or ask nicely um, 
Ask nicely. Ask nicely. Don't be a jerk. Okay, so we can kind of sit back and summarize some of the key things or something. And maybe the other thing I'm going to do for this year, maybe a little little bit different, I think I used to do it a long time ago. I'm thinking about doing it this year, at least the beginning of the year, the first week, maybe, just the first week, wear a tie. No. (laughs) God, no, no, no. (laughs) We talked about important first impressions, right? I'm going to check it out, see if it makes a difference. Well, you know, that would be interesting. I should wear a tie the first, my suit, I'll wear a suit the first day. I'm not. That's insane. I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> I think wearing a tie is insane at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, I can't do a suit. I'm so I don't think I could fit in my suit. That's my problem. But <laughs> that's really anyway. Fu- that's really funny because when I started teaching in Japan, and probably for my first 10 years, I wore mm. suits every day. Mm. I mean, I think I used to own a whole bunch of suits. I'm not, I think I know I used to own a whole bunch of suits and like two sports coats and stuff. Mm. And I'd always be dressed up. And now I think I almost never am dressed up. Yeah. I think that's a de- that's been a nice development in Japan. I agree. The casualness. Okay, so um, takeaways, practical tips, big one, big one, big one. It's never too late to change. Right. So you're thinking it's okay, you know, class to begin in next week or the, or, uh, yeah, next week, or some of you this week even. Um, you're all. It's never. Yeah, as you said, never too late to change. You're gonna uh, change after every class. You're gonna have to like reevaluate, retack and make adjustments and tweak all through the semester. So it's never too late to even go back and start from scratch, which I've had to do myself. Mm. So uh, don't think that you, oh, I'll do it next year. Try it this year. Mm. Right, and you're not beholden to your lesson plans or your syllabi. Yeah. The grading you have to adhere to, I think. Yeah, yeah, you can't change I can't, the game. I can't, you can't change... change the game plan in the middle of the semester on, on the students, right? Right, the grading specifically. But if your syllabus is designed for something and it's not working, then feel I think you should you know adapt as much as possible to the students. Right? Sure. Change course if you have to. Do yeah, not run. Explain, do not run into the iceberg. Explain what the changes are all about. Yeah. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's kind of like saying there's an iceberg ahead, but we're not going to turn because that's our course. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Um. What else, Tony? I think you mentioned before also the real important one. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, there's, um, you know, people have been doing this. <laughs> and people who are a lot better than us. <laughs> yeah, people have been doing this for a long time. It's like, you, it, other people's ideas and um, processes and procedures may not work exactly for you, but take a look and see what you can use. Cobble together and make it fit for your own way. You don't need to invent rubber right you can go by there's a lot of tires to choose from <laughs> just you know see what works see what fits and by that but you don't need to go back and reinvent what a tire is mm-hmm. um there's a lot of stuff out there and yeah maybe there's nothing out there that you can just like take and and run with it but um you can save yourself a lot of time by hunting around and seeing what other people are doing what other people are using um just the kind of goofy stuff that you know that Charles and I talk about the things that I learned from him. It's like, okay, well, all right, that this you know whether it was the presentation to smaller groups and the big groups, uh, the use of the Socrative, which a great little tool. Um, maybe that works for you, maybe it doesn't, but you don't know until you try, right? Take a right, look. and then just tweak it. Yep. Find ways to make it work. The other major reason, though, to use other people's stuff is that a lot of people have vetted it for you. Hmm. Right. It's been tried a number of times and they've adapted it and modified it until they think they've got it down to a pretty good level. 
Hmm. So yeah, I completely agree. Don't reinvent the wheel. Tweak, tweak, tweak. Steal as much as you can, right? Hmm. And people, there's so much good stuff on the internet, right? There's so much stuff up there that people have put up for you to use. Um, save yourself the time because hours and hours of designing a, an activity. And it's hard to design a good activity. That takes too much time, I think. Hmm. Okay. Um, the other thing, what else? Um, I think, well, if you take a look and see where you're spending most of your time, that's probably the place where you are most likely to be able to save time. That's a good one. Right? Is it, mm. that you, it's easy to cut a half an hour from something that's taking you six hours a week. It's really hard to get that same 30 minutes out of something that takes you an hour a week. So mm. take a look at, take a really good look at what you're doing. See where most of your time is being spent. How much of that can you streamline? And also, simultaneously or sequentially, um, take a look and see what is that you're doing that maybe isn't contributing at all to the student learning. Mm. We do things out of habit. We do things because we think we're supposed to do it. Um, but maybe a lot of the stuff that we spend sometimes a lot of energy on isn't doing the students a lot of good. I mean, it might it might make them feel good. It may make you feel good, and then maybe there's there's value in that. But take a really you know hard look, eh, critical. Is it is everything that you're doing necessary? Is everything that you're doing helpful? Uh, you might might you be able to substitute something that is more beneficial and and maybe half the time and half the energy. I mean, we should be so lucky, but you never know, right? Mm. Until you take a look. Yeah, that's a great point, Tony. Um, be ruthless with your time and your students' time, mm. right? You know, if it's working, great. Can you make it shorter? Can you make it more effective? Can you make it more efficient? Can you hand it off somehow? Can you make it, you know, people using the term the flipped classroom, which I'm still not sure I understand since I was a lit major. We've talked about that before. Right, right, right. But, you know, be ruthless. Is it the best use of your time and is it the best use of their time? And I would strongly suggest, and this is something I've had to do, which is to really look at the homework I give. You know, is it really useful homework? Is it really increasing the learning? Is it benefiting them? Because there seems to be a lot of evidence that, you know, homework doesn't really have that much of an effect on student learning. Mm. Right. So good quality homework. But, you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste their time. Be efficient and effective with your time. Um, ah, you have your mantra, right? Spreadsheets, spreadsheets, spreadsheets. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time with this one because I can't believe people I don't know don't how do you do everything. It. Right. I don't yeah. know how you do without it. I but I've seen, the, I've seen that in the teacher's room where mm -hmm. somebody's handwriting in the grades mm. or scores. Mm. That's what you're talking about, right? Sure. Yes. So if you haven't learned how to use a spreadsheet or you're not using spreadsheets, then you really need to do that, right? Right. And, you know, we talk about... Simple talk tech. About, right. We talk about tech a lot, right? And just today we're talking about um, the, the positive, the negatives, the time very often that's involved in training. Um, students these days, especially with tech that involves the, their phones, their smartphones, are much more adept than they were two, three years ago much more open to that, that the ground is more fallow, they're ready for ideas. Maybe now is a time that you, you tech maybe makes sense this year more than it, as it is for me, right? Than two or three years ago, we specifically this program, Socrative, um, 
other tech things where before for me the the, the training time not worth it that's maybe the point of change is now uh, or maybe it's maybe it's not maybe it's next year or maybe the year after but it's worth taking a look at um but certainly the time for spreadsheets has passed <laughs> i mean to adapt to spreadsheets it is there's such a wonderful tool um yeah again charles and i both we i i don't know how a teacher can function without that yeah 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 if you haven't started using spreadsheets then you'll be it's well worth the time the learning curve mm. they will you know as i said you know by the end of the the year i don't have to do any grade calculation mm. i enter the final grade in and it automatically right gives yep. me the grade yep. so, and mm. then you get something like socrative or even google forms where you can give quizzes if they're multiple choice or true and false for example yep. or one word answers that will automatically grade for you yep they will automatically and you know for a quick so much better of, to have that spreadsheet in the sky than to be carrying home 200 papers that you have to look at when you get home can't imagine that anymore. <laughs> I can't. I don't. I don't carry papers home anymore. It's, everything's digital now. Mm. You know, cause, especially because I'm moving between two locations. Mm. You know, really large locations. But I, I like having the digital. Okay, so I think we've pretty much covered things. I think we're about, ready. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, but you're I'm ready. Here. You got to be ready. It's not not a question. It's not. It's you not, have to be ready. I will be. I will. Be. <laughs> you have to be ready. It's, it's. I will be. I'm wondering about the tie thing though. That's an interesting thing. I'm going to try it. How are you going to measure that though? Ah, I just see the pants. Yeah. Well, yeah. How do you know that? Like maybe the tie makes you feel more serious. Don't know. Don't know. I'd like to get a picture of that. You in a tie. That can be arranged. Yeah, that's. You've seen some of my pictures. That's an unusual one. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Not everything. We've covered some things. I just, you know, forgot to talk about one thing, but we'll talk about that later. And so, all right. Yeah, we got good things down the road. We've got we've got that that big one. We're talking about the uh, uh, intrusion to the teacher sphere, teacher teachers under attack, part two, maybe. I guess I don't know. If right, and then a whole episode on teacher student relationships. And... Right. That. You know, and, the interaction, what does that mean? Yeah, and then later on, we talk about um, the different ways we do with, like, student digital submissions, your, your way and my way, and what we can maybe improve there. That, that I think that would be an interesting one. Right, and I think it'll be interesting around July when we'll be able to come back to these yeah. changes. We're, and, we're both pulling out our hair and saying, why right. the hell am I doing it this way? Why did I why did they even start this? <laughs> what why was did I, I do this? What was I it, thinking? It was, it was broken. It was broken. Why did I fix it? <laughs> was broke already uh, okay well, all right so we begin year four huh ouch how many years of teaching for you tony uh 25 this will be your 25th year of teaching uh, in in total in america and japan japan in japan yeah huh how about so 24 plus one uh, teaching i didn't do much in the states i did some uh, you know teaching of car racing i did okay. a little bit of karate i didn't do any language education in, in the states okay well, this is going to be my 30th year as a teacher. Uh, it's a big, big, big one for me this year. Mm. It should be further along down the road. But anyway, here I am. Okay. So this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are two continually talking teachers. <laughs> two teachers talking.com. Two teachers talking at gmail.com. Skype. Two teachers talking. 
And that's about it. And the website. Well, you mentioned that. Two teachers. Two teachers talking dot com. Yes, there that's a website, go. isn't it? That's a website. I should listen more. I should pay more attention. We all should. Okay, so Tony, we'll be talking to you soon to see all how right, your man, semester good luck. got off. Be well. Good, good luck, luck, you guys. All right. Bye.